Hello everyone and welcome to the 26th episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Mattias Rydström and I've spent the last 25 years inside the Connectivity community. In this pod, we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. In this 26th episode, I'm extremely happy to continue to talk to Mike Cavis from Deloitte Consulting. You mentioned earlier about COVID-19. Uh, do you feel COVID-19 had any impact on cloud? I guess it had on a lot of enterprises in terms of the way their staff was working and, uh, and sort of uh, trying to find their company's applications. Uh, how do you view COVID-19 in the pandemic? What happened during the pandemic to the cloud? Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. And I think it changed a lot of perceptions or a lot of Resistance. Not that those things went away, but I'll, I'll give you two stories um, that were kind of light bulb moments for me. There was uh, my my colleague David Linticum, who works at the same companies me, who's like one of the top bloggers and and speakers in the world on cloud, had a great article when you know shortly after COVID, how a CIO that he knows reached out to him, and they had they were all on prem, right, and they had ordered a whole bunch of storage that was sitting there waiting for someone to implement it. And then COVID hit, right? And and this is like early days of COVID hit and no one could go anywhere, right? And then they had an outage, right? A serious outage in the in their disk arrays and nobody could go, even though they had the solution, you know, the, the new drives there, no one could go and do it. So they were down for a couple of days simply because Nobody could come in there because of the lockdown and do anything. So he came out of that saying, you know what? Why are we in the data center business? So why I, sh- I should be able to do this remotely through the console and fix these types of problems. So that, just that incident, this this was one of those people, no way we go into the cloud. And he came out of this going, this doesn't make sense. You know, why, why are we doing this this way? So that's one story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another story. We, we have a client... Um, that uh, this is not so much about cloud, just but more about the way we work, that they were doing, I don't know if it was quarterly releases or whatever. And I'm in the States. They were some, it may have been Australia. I'm not sure. They were somewhere far away from the States. And every time they did a release, over a hundred people will f- would fly to that location from all over the world. There were, you know, developers in certain countries or, you know, we were project managing it from the States. And it would be a, a couple week event to to roll this out, and then COVID hit, and they couldn't do it that way. So they did it all remotely through, you know, Zooms and Google Meets and all these tools we use, and it went flawlessly. And they went, "What? So you know, how much money did we and time did we used to spend doing this? And now, from this day forward, they wouldn't even dream of uh, attempting to the costs and 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 just doing it that way anymore. So that that got a lot of people thinking differently as well. Um, so those were two, and those were early stories on COVID. I mean, like a few months after COVID, those were the stories that my my colleague Dave was talking about. And those are, you know, those are pretty substantial stories, right? How how yeah. quickly things things change there. And then, and then just um, the other driver there was, you know, especially in in industries that got hugely impacted so you think about the travel industry right um, where like nobody's traveling right for yep. for months and they 
unfortunately, a lot of them had to lay off people, right? So how can we, you know, how can we do things differently? A lot of them took, they, they already had kind of cloud initiatives, but they accelerated them. So there was a lot of acceleration of cloud. Um, part of it was the supply chain problems, right? How long it took to get things. And part of it was, you know, I got less people. Uh, I need to offload a lot of the you know underlying work to the cloud provider because I, I just don't have the budgets I have anymore. So a lot of that happened as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of a lot of really good stories around this. Do you think there are any verticals or, or business areas that sort of is still not in the cloud, or do you feel that kind of it, the cloud is for absolutely everyone uh, and everyone can join it? It is for everyone, and everyone could join it. But there's always going to be companies that just won't because the leadership in that company is not bought in, and that's okay. I mean, mm. you don't have to do these things, but you could get uh, in a lot of cases get quite a competitive advantage if if you do cloud right. You can you can really move at a, a much faster speed if if agility is important in your industry. Yeah, one of the buzzwords we have in our industry all the time is obviously, and in the world uh, at large, is sustainability. Everything needs to be sustainable going forward. And I think cloud is a really good possibility here for some co companies, you know. How do you view that, you know? Is, is that a good reason for a company to go to go the, join the cloud as well? A absolutely. And I I would recommend some people go to um, Google's uh, Google's infrastructure page. I don't I don't know exactly which one, but search for Google data centers. And they, I watched this video. This is about a year ago after one of their annual conferences. They had a guy speaking about sustainability, and I went to their website. And what they're doing is amazing. And no company would ever invest. Wouldn't have wouldn't be feasible for companies to invest the way they are in this. But Google produces all their own energy, and they reuse everything that they get rid of. They, they, and they've built everything themselves, right? They've built their own pipes. They built their own cooling systems. You know, they apply their own AI ML to it. And they basically, everything they use, they put back into the system, right? They, and, you know, no company, no normal company could make that investment. So if sustainability is like a, a really important thing um, for your customers or for your own team for your you know for your um, your goals it's very expensive undertaking to do that and the cloud providers um, the, the big ones at least are investing heavily in that because you know they're because so many companies are riding on their rails right that they're if they don't do that they're going to be like the number one polluters in, in the world yeah. right so they and they're you know they're making their own chips. I mean, I mean they're making everything. Um, and and I think I don't know exactly. You don't quote me on this, but go we'll watch that Google video. Is you know they have this uh, zero carbon goal by you know a couple of years from now, and they're they're well on their way to that. So pretty amazing stuff. You see them, you know, putting data centers near in places where they can generate from a lot of sun uh, near water where they can generate a lot of power. I mean, it's a big part of what they do, and, and, and no company can, very few companies can fund something similar, and nobody could get it to that level, right? No one could make that investment. Yeah, no, I, I really like that as well, and, I, and obviously sustainability is big over here in Europe as well, and there are some locations that's absolutely perfect for green energy and, and, and yeah, tons of water around and so on, so I think really this is 
this is driving in the right direction uh, in terms of global warming and all that stuff. Uh, I thinking about that, you know, and and each one of them are building enormous amounts of cloud. How how many how many more clouds do we need? <laughs> I don't think we need any more. But something tells me we're going to get some more. So yeah, but um, it, it's it's getting harder and harder to get into the game. I would say at at the level you know, the big three or four, you know, four being throwing Alibaba, Alibaba in there with mm-hmm. Microsoft, Google, and uh, AWS. But it, the the entry point is becoming next to impossible. But there's always uh, other, you know, not everything's 100% public cloud. So there's, uh, there's other areas to play in, but um, I don't see too many up-and-comers jumping in competing with those guys mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And how many more data centers do they need? I guess if their growth botch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So I don't know if we're ever shrink the amount of data centers, right? It's just who does the data centers is what's what's changing, right? Because, you know, there's this thing called latency, right? So if yeah. I'm in a country and, and my closest data center is eight countries away, my, my cloud experience might not be that great. Mm-hmm. Right. So there there's gonna continuously be data centers and, and you know the first data centers are already ancient, right? The you know, yep. cloud's been around since 2006, so you're going to see, you know, a lot. There's a lot of innovation in that space, but yeah, there servers aren't going away. The bigger companies that provide services are going to do more and more of that, and the companies, you know, producing widgets are going to do less and less of that. Yeah, one of the areas that we talk about a lot here is sort of the edge of the network, and and some people say, you know, you need to have cloud both in the core of the network where you can do the big compute stuff, but you also need sort of cloud services at the very edge. How do you view that market? You know, huh? Is is that market for anyone or who will who will grab that market? Yeah, that's use case driven, but that's a huge, huge market. So if you think about any use case where there's some level of something being disconnected, you know, um, that that's an edge use case. So, so uh, I wrote an article. I used to write uh, for Forbes a while back, and one of the articles I wrote, this was like eight, nine years ago, it was an amazing article about a, a company that has uh, wind turbines, you know, it generates power. And um, what what they do is they have all these sensors out on these big old turbines, and they're tracking heat, you know, temp, uh, heat and vibration and wind and all these types of things. And they're they're able to detect changes, and then they automatically uh, kick in and start adjusting blades to optimize the output. Right? That's all edge. There's no cloud involved. So they're they're acting in real time on what's happening. But what, what they do to the cloud is they trickle that data, you know, it doesn't have to be real time, back to the cloud. And then they apply all this AI in the cloud to figure out when wind patterns are going to come in and, and when what should they change to. So they, they have all this analytics in the cloud and then they figure out based on historical data, hey, I'm going to send new instructions to the motors on these blades. And when I see this wind, I'm going to change it this much instead of that much. So that's a this, you know, edge to cloud solution where... I use the edge to detect and act in real time, but I use the cloud to figure out how to adjust um, those parameters um, back out on the edge. So that's there's a lot of use cases like that. If you think about the cruise line industry, right? They're disconnected when they're out on the cruise, and when they get to a port, they sync up, right? So there's there's edge type technology going on while they're disconnected, and when they sync up, they update the cloud, right? That type of thing. So there's a lot of use cases. You know, you go into agriculture, right? There's, you know, these tractors are 
big old John Deere tractors are like computers on wheels now. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, I worked on farms as a kid. There wasn't any technology whatsoever. Right now, there's like huge amounts of technology on here to optimize fertilizer, water, you know, all those types of things. So I think edge is uh, computing. There's, there's a lot of use cases. And I think that's kind of the next big thing. I know I'm working on a couple of these right now where it's just mm-hmm. amazing use cases. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And, and uh, yeah, those cases are really, really good. Uh, I know that. You mentioned you wrote some articles for Forbes, but I also know that you've written some books. Yeah, so the first book, I, I think, was like 2013 it published. So I wrote that between 11 and 12. And uh, when, I, when I started, when I did my startup, which was like 2007, 8-ish, um, there wasn't, you know, the cloud was new and most of the use case, you know, the biggest use case back then was uh, some guy in the New York Times archived all the articles, threw it up on the cloud. Now they can search it. There wasn't really any um, big business use cases. And what we were doing, I think I mentioned earlier, is um, we were doing um, digital coupons at the point of sale. You know, there's 30,000 stores out there. You know, how do you get away from paper and do real time um loyalty marketing so you know that was kind of our use case and uh, there was no books there was no nothing i remember going out on twitter i've always had a pretty big twitter network in the tech space and i said hey you know we're going to do some real-time computing in the cloud does anyone know any books any use cases and everyone laughed at me and said yeah good luck with that i'm like oh boy so well we went out there and did everything wrong and fixed it and did the next thing wrong and fixed it and i kept saying to my team i said when we're done with this i gotta write a book because nobody should ever have to figure this out from scratch again so you know we sold that company and i wrote a book and it it's not like a thomas earl book where he's going to be all kinds of algorithms and architecture diagrams it was more what are the things you need to think about right so it's think of it as kind of the logical architecture. Okay, I'm starting this cloud journey. I've been through it. Here's all the things I've learned, but I didn't know I had to do any of that when I started. So if you're starting, think about these things. You know, there's a chapter on security and audit and data and, and pretty much everything. And it just kind of lays out, you know, this, you know, I had a chapter just on what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, top 10 things mm-hmm. not to do was the chapter. And, and, and a funny thing is the feedback I got from so many people was, you know, Buy that book just for that chapter. Just read that chapter and, and nothing else and you're you're good because those, you know, don't do these things and you're going to go a lot further. So that's that was the first book, uh, 2013. The second book, I don't know if it's a year or two now, I think it came out last year, was um, – so I've been – you know, I, I did – the hands-on experience for about five, six years. And then I got into consulting, helping other companies do it. And what I learned in consulting is, you know, there's a lot of companies that have a good cloud story, but it's usually one team and one product. And even though they may have this incredible story in this one area, the rest of the organization doesn't. Right. And what I found is, and this one's called the, this one's around accelerating cloud adoption. You know, how do you get the rest of the company to do it? How do you move faster? Because a lot of companies are in year three and they're still not producing a lot of value, right? And what I found is most of the blockers to success in the cloud aren't the technology. It's the people in the process. And what I mean by that is there's usually legacy operating models built from the mainframe days 
with a lot of silos. You know, there's a specialist group for every piece of the stack. You know, there's a specialist group for every part of the software development journey. And there's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of process. And then you get to the cloud where I can go right-click, give me five servers, and I can hit a button that does a build. I could do all that in a day, but it still takes me eight months because we never changed how we organize. We never changed the processes that weren't built for the cloud and all that. So this book was more about, um, you know, how do we change, you know, we got the tech going, but how do we change the rest of the stuff so that we're, you know, our process and org structures are built to accelerate our cloud journey. So that's what that one was from. And it was, you know, that book came from working with, you know, a hundred companies over the last 10 years and seeing all the reasons why they get stuck. So, the, you know, the first one was, okay, this is what I learned doing it. Here's all the things you need to consider. And then, you know, 10 years later, I guess, the, the next book comes out and says, here's all the things that's going to keep you from doing this at scale across your entire company. All right. That's really cool. So what's the next book then in 10 years, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's going to be there? You know, I, uh, <laughs> I actually got all excited and, and started taking notes on what the next one would be. And it was, you know, more about everything as a service. And then I said, you know what, I'm tired. I don't know if there's going to be a next book because, you know, I'm three years from retirement. And I'm like, you know what, that's a lot of hard work. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. I, I, you mentioned in the first book from 2013 that you wrote, you wrote, these are the 10 biggest mistakes. Are they still valid or do you think we've fixed them? Yeah. No, we're still doing them. No, I, I don't remember them all, but I, I remember one of them was, you know, pick the right cloud for the job. Don't pick Microsoft because you're a Microsoft shop. <laughs> it may it may be the right answer, but don't default to that, right? Um, those types of things. Um, yeah. and, and it's funny, you know. I, I also I used to write blogs for CIO Magazine many many years ago. Back in the SOA days, my first article was um, 10 reasons why SOA is failing and a lot of those I could just you know replace SOA with cloud and it would be the same and then I could replace cloud with edge and it would be the same it's just this you know it's history repeating itself a lot of it Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, we're getting to towards the end of of this podcast, but I think um, if if we would have this conversation in five years around the cloud again, what would we talk about then? The same thing, or or will new stuff appear? Uh, hopefully, new stuff appears. Um, I don't really have a a, a crystal ball, but um, I think the ways of working are going to change. You know, mm-hmm. just think about company now. If if I start doing more and more stuff in the cloud um, and the cloud providers and other companies are doing business functions as a service. Um, I, I really start changing what my organization does. You know, my organization is more orchestrating things than they are building things. And I think you're going to see, uh, and what, one thing that does is create rapid, uh, the ability to rapidly bring stuff to the market and it also levels the playing field for startups and smaller companies that don't have billions of dollars to eat your lunch, right? And uh, I've been talking about this for a while. Um, you're no longer competing against someone who has to produce everything you do. You can lose things one service at a time now, right? Because we're we're coming in this world where I can just consume services from all over the place. So you can get 
your lunch taken away from you one service at a time from many, many different companies. So I think, you know, two things I keep talking about is, you know, data is gold, right? And, and yep. so many companies have all this data and we don't do anything with it. But I think uh, agility is kind of the new currency. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, if you're still doing quarterly releases, you know, out, I mean, so, there's some use cases where it makes sense. But, you know, if you can't move and everyone else is moving, um, you're going to be left behind. And, and, you know, you can have this largest product that's embedded in everyone's company, um, but you're going to lose it one service at a time. Yeah. I think that's really a, a really cool way of ending this. I think that's a, that's a good way of telling people, you know, you need to be on your feet and, and use the cloud wisely. So with this, I would like to thank you a lot for, for participating in my podcast. So thank you very much, Mike, for being here. It, it was my pleasure. Uh, sorry it took me so long to get through all the emails to get here, but it was definitely worth it. I had a good time. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks everyone for listening. We will soon be back with a new guest. So please follow us on Twitter, ConnectivityPod, for updates. Stay tuned until next time.